Hey, welcome to the Coming Out Late Podcast. I'm Robin, your host, and I'm a late bloomer just like you. We are a part of a rapidly growing, lesser known, or even talked about subset of the queer community. We're a tribe, if you will. And if you're anything like me, when I came out, I was confused, scared. I felt like I was going crazy and I felt all alone and had nobody to talk to. Not to worry, you've come to the right place. In the Coming Out Late podcast, you'll hear real, raw, and relatable Coming Out Late stories. You'll be inspired, informed, and educated, and you'll definitely feel supported. And you can stop feeling like you're living someone else's life and start living your own. So welcome, you have found your tribe. And welcome to the Coming Out Late podcast. Hello, hello, loyal listeners. This is my favorite time of the day. I get to record an episode and send it out into the universe and hope that it lands on all of your soft ears. I'm Robin, and you are listening to the Coming Out Late podcast. And I hope you're all having a good day today. And if you're struggling with something, hang in there. It does get easier. It does get better and it gets easier. But it is a slow process super slow. It's like, I think, I think in one of my recent meetings with uh, late blooming lesbians and women coming out later in life, I, I said it was like running in mud. It does go slowly, but it's, it's better that way. We need to know what we're doing. We need to be clear about what we're doing. So anyway, I digress. Welcome to the Coming Out Late podcast. I'm so excited for this next episode because I'm going to talk to you about some of the topics that some of my new friends and I have talked about in my support group called Women Loving Women. We meet every single Wednesday night at 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, 4 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, and y'all can figure out what all the other times are in between. I know where my honey lives, it would be one hour earlier, so that would be 6 o'clock Central Time. But yeah, so we, we just continue week after week to have these incredible, incredible conversations. And I just want to thank each and every woman who has attended one of these, or maybe you plan on coming into one soon, I hope. It's every Wednesday night. You can email me at comingoutlater at gmail.com so you can get the Zoom ID and the Zoom password, but I also plaster it all over Facebook. So chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you and I are probably also neighbors in some of the awesome Facebook groups that are out there for us now, one of them being mine, Coming Out Late Community. Feel free to jump in there and request to be a member. That would be awesome. So yeah, I plaster the information for women-loving women kind of all over our safe and private Facebook groups. But I really encourage you to show up. You know, I always tell people, if you need to come in late, come in late. You know, if you need to leave early for life reasons, leave early. There are no rules other than love and support and kindness. So we always leave our Zoom doors open. 
people pop in and out, but mostly stay for the duration. We run anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half. Depends on what I have going on. Try to stay talking and chatting as long as we can. And like I said, week after week after week, we get just an incredible group of women who are telling their stories, telling their coming out stories, sharing with us where they are today. And then next thing you know, we're we're delving into all these different topics. And it's so exciting. So today I want to share with you some of the topics we talked about recently, last week, and uh, just kind of riff on some of them and give you some insight into what's going on in other women's minds and in other women's worlds, because you are not alone. What we are all experiencing is, you know, our stories may be different in some senses, but boy, oh boy, we are definitely experiencing a lot of the same nuances. And that's the purpose of Coming Out Late podcast, to let you know you're not alone, that you're not going crazy. I mean, that's how I felt. I thought, what the heck? People have written to me and mentioned to me about me following women around Staples and Home Depot and whatever. And it, it's true. It was intense. <laughs> it's, it really was. So one of the first things that came up in our conversation we talked about was dating sites. Dum, 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 dum. Oh, we get a lot of questions about dating sites. You know, which ones are the best? Which ones are the best? We had some suggestions. Facebook dating came up. Let's see. I think I wrote a few of them down. Facebook came up. I think one or two women had tried OkCupid, I think. And what else? Let me see. Let me see. Oh, Her, H-E-R, Her, uh, Bumble. And I know um, the gals over at Lesbian Chronicles, Melissa and Allie, they talked about Tinder as well as Bumble. So yeah, you know, there are, they are out there for sure, but it's not easy. It is not easy. Now, I I haven't been on them in a while, and it's not just because I'm currently in a relationship, but that's one very good reason. But even before that, I just decided to give it a rest. I'm sorry to all of the dating sites out there, but it's tough. It's really hard. I mean, without getting too into it and the details of why I'm not a big fan of them, I would suggest trying them by all means, you know, experience the dating sites if you have not yet. But the the general census in our group that when we met recently was that most people want to try to meet other women organically. And that's kind of where I came out. After being on numerous different dating sites and losing many, many hours of my life to responding and not hearing back or going back and forth with women, whatever, I finally just decided, you know, enough is enough. I am going to try to meet someone organically. And actually, I did. I did twice. One was in a a completely different group that I belong to. And that experience fell flat on its face. But that's okay. Because from that experience, I learned, and many of you have heard this story probably a lot more than you want to. But I, I learned on that little test drive of a relationship that I was seriously, seriously codependent. And, And we need to talk about this topic, ladies because it's it's uh, near and dear to my heart, and it definitely will impact the people that you attract into your life, the kind of life that you will have, everything, everything from A to Z. How you interact with your significant other, how you interact with your current partner, whether that be a husband or a wife. So I found out I was super codependent, 
And uh, yeah, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but that really should should be for another episode. But so I met her organically and then I met my current girlfriend organically. And I am proud to say that we met on an awesome site called the Bloomers Society. And if you have not joined that that group yet, you must join Bloomers Society. It is run by, started and, and run by a woman by the name of Julia Hoffman, who I was supposed to actually interview today, but she is sick with an upper respiratory thingy. So uh, she and I will get together real soon and, and do an interview together. But she is a good friend of mine and has started an awesome group called Bloomer Society. And I met somebody in there and we chatted for nine months and talked on the phone eventually. Took her a while to give me her phone number. <laughs> but yeah, and, and and it just happened organically. So I now I, I know what you're thinking. Where do I meet someone organically? You might be living in a very red state, very rural part of the country. I'm hoping to solve that problem soon. My passion and my goal is to create communities. And one way I'm going to start is by virtual communities. And I want to have a social community on the weekends where we can all go and have a good time. They'll probably be themed, which is not a bad thing. It just means maybe we'll have a guest speaker and then we can mingle and whatever. So, yeah. And I need a name for this. I need this. It's going to be a social mixer, but I don't know what to call it. So if you have some good ideas, creative ideas, but one that we can actually advertise, you know, and not get cut off, you know, from... Facebook and other places. But yeah, if you have any creative ideas about what to call this social mixer that I want to start first virtually, I would love some ideas. So email me your ideas at comingoutlater at gmail.com. And we will we will look at those. Maybe we'll even vote. Maybe we'll vote in Facebook for some of the good suggestions. But I, I'm looking for a name. And I, I just want to create communities where we can organically meet. So I'm looking into some other options besides Zoom. There's another really cool platform that I'm looking at, and it offers a little different experience. Yeah, so that's in the works. And I know it's not easy to meet people organically, especially when we're new gay babies, you know, when we're just newly out. We are feeling so shy and so insecure and can barely get a word out when we're suddenly around women. So yeah. We're going to, I'm, I'm going to try to come up with some, some solutions to that, but hang in there and hang tight. My other, my other idea is that I will be creating communities where we can meet in person and they will be centered around the idea of a farm to table kind of dinner gathering that I'd like to have all over the country so that people can meet on a monthly basis and take turns either hosting in their own home or we will get really cool, unique spaces in those cities. And yes, try to create spaces and communities where we can meet organically. So if you like that idea, let me know. So so yeah, so dating sites, I'm, I am a, a big proponent of trying to meet organically. And I know it's not easy. I guess I would suggest putting yourself out there, you know, if, see if there's a Facebook group in your town. I know many of you live in rural areas. It's, it's hard. We'll have to explore other avenues. So while we were talking about dating, a couple people spoke up and said that they have recently let their girlfriend move in. Now, I give her a lot of credit because it was 
a year and a half, I think, that went by before she invited her girlfriend to move in with her. And I was like, wow, that is, that's an eternity in the lesbian world. But, you know, we all applauded her. And, and we, of course, brought up the U-Haul joke about, oh, my God, she did the U-Haul thing. And then that led us to wondering, are there any really good lesbian or bisexual or just, you know, I know we're not all lesbians who listen to this, so I, I apologize if you feel left out sometimes. But yeah, you know, are there any good gay women jokes out there, ones that we can actually maybe do on air? If there are, let me know. Because the only one I ever hear over and over again is, you know, what does every good lesbian bring on the first date? And that's a U-Haul. <laughs> so we need some other jokes. But um, the same woman who shared with us that she has invited her girlfriend to come in and live with her. I think they've been living together now about three months. Two things came up out of this discussion. One of them was the topic or issue of skeptical partners. That was skeptical partners. The other issue that came up is dating someone who does not have children or living with someone who never had children. And what is that like for them? So I'm going to talk about those two things and then move on to one or two other topics that came up and then close us out with a very special submission from one of our listeners and a new friend that I made in one of our Facebook groups. So skeptical partners, what does that mean? Well, something that I'm hearing pretty often, and many of you can confirm, is that when we go to date, let's assume that we are in a new relationship and our partner maybe has either been out much longer than we have, or maybe she's a lifelong lesbian. Maybe she just has way more experience than we do. But the issue that has seemed to arisen is that this other partner is a little skeptical about dating a late bloomer or a woman coming out later in life. Because they think, well, you've been married to a man, you know, you're just newly out, maybe you're going to go back with that guy, uh, maybe, you, maybe you're really bi and you aren't going to stay with me, and yada, yada, yada. It's a real thing. I mean, though, you know, for the skeptical partner, those are real and honest and fair concerns. You know, you can't blame them for worrying and wondering. I mean, at the very least... It's quite a compliment that they are concerned about, quote unquote, losing you. But it's hard. It's hard. You know, there's just no way that we as new coming out late people's women can convince them. And we shouldn't try to that we will never go back with a man again or that we definitely will be leaving our husbands. If you happen to be married to a man, you could probably do cartwheels and stand on your head until you're blue in the face. And it, it still may not ease their concerns. And I don't recommend trying to convince them because it just, it's, it's really not your role to do that. Truthfully, none of us know what the future holds for us. Some of us who have come out as lesbian may end up in a relationship with a man. Uh, some of us who have explored women outside our marriage may go back to their marriages. I mean, it, it's a reality, so it's a valid concern on the part of our partner. And likewise, it's just one of those things that I think the partner needs to put aside and realize that she's taking a risk 
But all of life is a risk. Coming out was a freaking huge risk, right? Telling our husbands that we're, you know, that we're interested in women was an enormous risk. Coming out to our kids, coming out to our mothers and fathers and coworkers. So life is a risk. And the fact that you may or may not go back to your husband or date another man, I mean, you could say that about just about anything in life. And I suggest that if you're in a relationship where the partner is questioning that and feeling insecure, that, you know, the two of you just have a heartfelt conversation and and just realize that all of life is a risk. Anything can happen to any of us at any point in time. And to try to live in the moment, live in the moment. I beg of you all to live in the moment because when you're living in the moment, you absolutely cannot feel fear. The only time we feel fear is when we are regretting or reviewing our past or thinking about or worrying about the future. But I defy you to be in a state of fear when you are truly living in the moment. And if you feel skeptical, if you're dating someone and you're concerned that they may go back to men or whatever, or if your partner is questioning you and wondering if you're going to stay a lesbian or if you're ever going to leave your husband, just remind them to stay in the moment. Whatever you have, you have in that day and in that particular time, and it's a beautiful thing, and to enjoy it. As many, many people who are listening know that life is really short, really short. And, and experiencing this crazy pandemic the way that we all have, we know that, you know, we know that firsthand, that anything can change at any time. So just enjoy the moment. Don't future trip and don't go backwards. Just, just live in the here and now. Now, as far as dating women without children or vice versa, that's sticky. You know, there's no getting around it. It's sticky, particularly if you are the one who is a mom, whether it's small children or whether they are in upper level elementary grades or if they're in middle school, even high school. It's tricky when you are dating someone who does not have children in their life. And, oh, it just it rears its ugly head in so many different ways. And and it's not to say that the woman who does not have children is at fault or the woman that does have children is at fault. It's just two enormously different life experiences. Neither is in the wrong. It's just challenging. You know, it's just something that we need to accept that is going to be challenging. All sorts of things come out about, you know, your parenting style and whether your partner agrees with your parenting style how you discipline your children, you know, how late you allow them to stay up, how much technology time they get, how much TV time. I'm not even sure kids watch TV anymore, but it's it's challenging. And I think it gets even more challenging when we invite them into our homes to live with us or if we move into their home and live with them. It's really tough to prepare a partner who has never had children or lived with children to help them understand what that life might be like. So it's a real thing. And I think just a lot of grace and love and patience on both sides is required. And again, I can't emphasize enough that the person who has never had children is not at fault. And the person who has children is not at fault. It's just 
two different lives, you know, coming together. And and remember, too, that you have the most important thing in common, which is the feelings that you have for each other. And certainly blending families, whether you're blending two women with kids or one without and one with, you know, it's going to be challenging. I, I am, can't emphasize enough the, the level of communication and openness and honesty that you share with each other is really important. So, yeah, that's, I mean, if anybody wants me to go dive even deeper into that topic, just let me know. You know, I have experience in this area because my mother died when I was 10. My father remarried. She had four children, my new stepmother, and my father had two, myself and my sister. And we were not the Brady Bunch by any stretch of the imagination. And if I could give them advice today, I would say, go much slower. They had no idea what they were doing blending these families. They didn't even have the foresight to put us in therapy or, you know, talk to a therapist about it. It was, it was a nightmare. It was very difficult. And then I had the distinct pleasure of marrying, um, um, well, I, I was going to say I had the distinct pleasure of marrying a man. I guess back then it was, it was, but he came with two sons. So I had two bonus sons when I first got married at the ripe old age of 26 years old. And so I became, I know what it was like now on the other side, becoming a stepmother. And I had no children at the time. You know, here I was dealing with these two boys, their mom and, and me and my ex-husband. And, you know, that came with its own challenges. But I have to say, I absolutely loved the experience. I would not have traded it in for anything. Was it very difficult? Yes. You know, uh, was it fraught with challenge? Absolutely. But if anybody wants me to talk further about this, I can. But I, I have a few other topics to move on to. So dating others with or without children, skeptical partners. The other thing that came up and this, this will tie into the lovely share that I have at the end of this episode. The other thing that came up was, is it true and is it real that when you finally do come out to yourself, and most likely publicly, you know, to somebody, whether that be your spouse, your best friend, your sister, your aunt, you know, your mother, once you start coming out, is it true what they say? that you begin to feel like a 16-year-old boy in puberty? Is it? And I am here to tell you, hell to the yeah, it is a true thing. It is a truism. And I, again, thought it was just me. I thought, oh my God, where did these feelings come from? <laughs> Especially after coming out of a 28, 29-year marriage where the last 14 years were sexless and lacked affection and lacked love. And, and I just thought, well, I must be dead, you know, in the lower, lower region of my body. But no, I am happy to report that I'm very much alive and well down there. And it's true. You feel like a 16-year-old boy in puberty. And it just, it, it cracks me up to this day when other women acknowledge it or bring it up or question it. I'll have to ask some of my doctor friends, you know, physiologically, why is this happening? But it's, it's a real thing. Just go with it. I'd like to say that it subsides. <laughs> uh, I guess it'll subside for each of us in, our, in, in different ways. But yeah, just, just go with it. Enjoy it, you know. 
in any way that <laughs> you see fit. Oh my gosh. I think I should stop while I'm behind. Quit while I'm behind. I think I'm going to save this last topic, but I will bring it up. I'll bring it up, but I'll save it perhaps for another episode. And the topic that came up in our last Women Loving Women meeting was about the heartbreaking discussion of falling in love with your best friend, not really knowing if they are straight or gay, and just falling in love. And what does that look like? And how do you handle it? And do you tell them that you're in love with them? Or do you keep it to yourself? So that was a discussion that came up at the very end. That is probably worthy of a separate episode and separate topic altogether. And maybe I can get a couple women together who have fallen in love with their their best friends. I have not experienced that, but I know it's true. I know it's true. So now I'm going to go with a special share that I saw on Facebook. A woman by the name of Carrie Graff, and she agreed and gave me to go ahead to mention her name. Carrie Graff wrote a poem and published it on one of our private Facebook groups. And it touched me so. And it kind of goes hand in hand with the 16-year-old puberty boy thing. But it was, it was beautiful. And it came from a place that she said that many of you most likely had or have experienced this adventure. But I have not yet. But I can use my imagination. And she sure used her imagination. So I'm going to leave you with this poem by by Kerry Graff, and it's called The Adventure of a Lifetime. I want her to be my greatest adventure. I want to explore her from head to toe. I want to start with her hand folding into mine, collide in a kiss, and feel the rivers of passion between us flow. Then I want to travel down through all her beautiful curves and taste her, embrace her, and watch her explode like a volcano and erupt with ecstasy until I finally reach her feet and gently kiss them. Then I will start from there and take the journey all over again, back to where I started. I will finish my journey, folding my hand into hers, and just lay with her in silence. Kiss her just one more time and say with a smile, thank you for this adventure of a lifetime. Thank you, Carrie Graff. Thank you, listeners. I want to remind you that it's better late than never because it's never too late. If you're looking for your people, your community, and a safe place to learn and get answers to your questions, then come join the conversation. Come join us in our private Facebook group, Coming Out Late Community, because we all know it's better late than never, and it's never too late. Yeah.